Okay, I gotta get closer to my computer if I'm gonna share my screen. All right, survey results. Yay, I'm excited because we talked about like the survey stuff and then I was like, um, I wanna know what people said. <laughs> I yeah. wanna know how people answer. Um, so let's check this out. So the survey is completely anonymous. Um, yeah. Okay, so this is really good. This is a good map. So how I always start my surveys off is I like to know where people know me from so that I can present these. We'll talk about this in, in the language of sponsorships. But these are called um, opportunities or events. Like I have, I have an event that I do. Oh, look, somebody just filled out the survey. That was awesome. <laughs> now we're at 28 instead of 27. Um, like I host these different opportunities which one which one appeals the most to you aka like my coaching so mm -hmm. my coaching um my racing my trail riding and guiding and my mm -hmm. social media so that's what these questions are hinting at so how do you know me she coached me i raced with her i rode with her social media i haven't ridden with her but i want to or i haven't taken a clinic with her yet but i want to and what this means is is I have multiple opportunities that I can pitch sponsorships for, right? It's not just me. It's, do you want to sponsor me while I'm coaching somebody? And that's your interaction with somebody. Do you want to sponsor me while I'm racing? And that's your interaction with that crowd. Do you want to sponsor me only on my social media? Or do you want to sponsor me when I'm trail guiding and riding um, casually? And I don't have my business face on. Mm -hmm. Because each one of those interacts with different people. And that's really important to be able to make that distinction. Yeah. And then this is the most important question right here. If a company sponsors Catherine for TKO, are you more likely to consider their product or service for future purposes? So I have, let's do some math. 89% of my audience said yes. So that's pretty, that's a pretty high chunk of change right there. Um, in the past six months, which of the following hobbies have you participated in? The most popular one is watching motorsports, followed by exercise, which is okay. good. Um, hiking. Not a lot of people are doing yoga, which I think is really interesting, but a lot of people are traveling, which is a good one. Baking. Um, and what this does is it allows me to say, okay, who outside of motorsports can I go to? I can go to hiking companies. Yep. And I can cross promote my audience to them. I can go to travel agencies, airports, hotels, restaurants for yeah. travel. Um, I can go to Betty Crocker for baking. You know, this allows me to understand what else my audience is doing. Yeah. And then what motorsport magazines do you read? AMA is the most popular one, of course, but I got some extra recommendations, which is good. That allows me to go into magazines and look at who's advertising in those magazines. And I can say, hey, mm -hmm. listen. You're advertising to this person, but I can give you a more personalized attention to this. Yeah. Um, okay. Something like that. Same thing with like what motorsports programs do you watch? What non-motorsports magazines do you watch? A lot of better homes and gardens, which is pretty actually really <laughs> fun because I really like gardening. So maybe I can work something in there. Um, a lot of people watching football or MMA. And this is, these are the really finite questions. I made these very specifically. How important is finding organic food to you? Let's do the math. 25, 
That's about 75% of my audience, just a little over 75% said that finding organic food is important to them. Mm-hmm. And that means that I can reach out to companies like North Spore or um, that Rise Coffee or mm-hmm. just like really specific people that are really dead set on that whole farm to table kind of dynamic. How important is finding organic products to you? Yeah. I had 66% of my audience says it says it's important to them. That's like I could go to like Dr. Squatch or um Dr. Squatch is great because the branding is really on point. Um <laughs> organic soaps, face care, yeah. all that jazz. This yeah. is a cool one right here. How important is training specifically for your motorsport to you? That's over 90% of my audience says that training specifically for their motorsport is important to them, which means I can yeah. go to specific trainers, specific mm-hmm. meal planners, and I can say, look, my audience like needs this right now. It's important yeah. to them. How important is skincare? Um, I think that's another, that's another 75% said that skincare is important to them, which is a shocking amount. Actually, I'm surprised by that. Um, same thing here over, over 80% of my audience said that hair care was important to them. Um, just under 50% of my audience says they struggle with corrective lenses. (laughs) Exactly. 50% of my audience says that their hair gets snarly when they ride snarly tangled damage. Uh, when you ride multiple days in a row, does your skin break out? Approximately just over half of my audience said yes. In the last 12 months, has a member of your household needed physical therapy? 55% of them said yes. Does somebody wow. need physical therapy in the next 12 months? Over just about 75% of my audience said yes. So I can go to PTs. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you wish the motorsports community had more of? This is cool. Look at that. Physical trainers. So that's good. <laughs> women's classes showcase. Women's comfortable gear. Easier financing. Female presence. This is a good one right here. A lot of people would skip over this and be like, okay, easier financing. What? This means I could go to a bank and I could say, hey, my audience wants easier financing on their bikes. Yeah. What kind of a program can we set up so yeah. that you can have um, better loans or better opportunities and we can make it easier and more accessible. It might be higher risk for you, but higher reward, or maybe, you know, like what if we have my code to do special rates where it's 0% for the first six months or something like that. So I can go in and I can say, okay, my audience wants easier financing. Let me take this to a bank. And I'm not going to say, Hey, I have an idea. Let's do this. Instead, I'm going to walk into a bank and I'm going to say, Hey, my audience wants this. Would you be okay with talking about how maybe we can make this happen? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's actually a really, really cool one right there. Yeah. I like it. Um, they want female presence, more affordable and closer places to ride. Community gatherings, women, so it's not just a sport, made mostly of men. <laughs> um. So like this could be, I could take this community gatherings thing and I could go to bulk sponsors and I could say, hey, my audience wants more community gatherings. Let's make an event like what Dirtastic's doing with the main event or like what Caitlin Kirk is doing with her like big ride events or over and out 
they want this kind of stuff. So let's, yeah. how can we make it happen collectively? So they want community yeah. gatherings. Maybe it's morning yoga um, yeah. before, before a ride. Maybe it's all sorts of different things. More okay. clinics in Alaska. I would reach out to companies in Alaska and I would say, hey, somebody, somebody wants us to come out there. What can we, what can we do? You know, reach out to like a tour guide company. I bet you there's one in Alaska. There has to be. There's gotta be multiple, I would assume. Hey, just lay down. Please stop moving the computer around. <laughs> He's giving me that look, like, come on. <clears throat> um, physical trainers. They want more physical trainers in the sport. That's a neat one. Yeah. So maybe I there's gotta be like a motorsport specific sp- physical trainer. There has to be. Um, places to ride publicity and market share this comes back to that banks so now i could go to i could go to literally any company and i could say did you ever hear about the deal that happened with Lionel messi uh when <laughs> i think it was it was last year probably in august or september so first of all okay let me oh, let me backtrack do you know who yeah. Lionel messi is yes who is he for our audience that doesn't know? He's a soccer player. He's like the soccer player. He's football. Yeah, he's like <laughs> the Graham Jarvis of international soccer the, slash football. Yeah. Um, he's this huge, like super legend. And what happened was, and this is kind of why I referenced you were you were saying some stuff about one of the international racers was looking at running the U.S. Hard Enduro Series this year, and I thought, wow, that's really interesting. I wonder if he's trying a Lionel Messi ploy, where what he oh, yeah. did was he actually he was an Olympic player. He did just this huge World Cup series. He had all sorts of millions and millions and millions of dollar contracts put in front of him, and he turned them all down to sign on to a Florida state team. Yeah. Every single multi-million, like tens to hundreds of million dollar contracts, he turned them all down and signed on to Florida. But what actually happened, and Florida couldn't afford to pay him, but they really wanted it. I forget what the publicity stunt was that they really wanted. So what Florida Mm -hmm. did was they went to Nike and they went to... I almost want to say it was Rolex. Don't take my word for it. But they went to like a high fashion jeweler company. And what what the deal panned out being was that Messi got to collaborate and make a clothing line with Nike. And then with that, that jeweler, that the super high end, like luxury consumer product that he signed on with, he got market share off of them. So what happened was with with that blend, the clothing line mm-hmm. that he he collaborated with with Nike, he gets 50 percent of every single product that sells on his line. And that line is matched with the company he got ma- market share off of. So every time he sells something from Nike, not only does he get 50 percent of the proceed of of the profit off of that thing, but that profit goes into the market share that he gets to pull from as well. So the. That deal went both ways, and it was really cool to see because it it really hammers home that whole don't be successful, be valuable, you know, yeah. and and like investing in yourself. So Messi turned down a ton of money in contracts from international stuff because he was investing 
himself in a valuable a valuable ideal that was limitless in its monetary potential right yeah. instead of being locked into i'm only going to get 10 million this year now it's limitless he yeah. the contract yeah. was like $30,000 from florida state but between the the market share and the the commissions that he got from the collaboration it's literally limitless that's amazing yeah how much money he could make yeah I mean, I guess we'll see what happens with the other thing that you said, but yeah. that's awesome. So it's it's a matter of like applying value. You know, it goes both ways. Like Messi used his value to help <laughs> to bring in other companies to provide yeah. himself with limitless, limitless money potential. Yeah. But that also means that those companies provided him value too instead of money. Mm-hmm. So it goes both ways. And I think that that's important to understand. Um, yeah. But that just means that maybe we could have conversations and open up. Maybe there's a potential to be able to open up market share for yeah. the public. I don't know. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah. People want more women's events. People want more opportunity for underprivileged kids. So this is a good one, too. This is what's called an activation. And I already kind of do something like this. And I was going to ask you if it counts as sponsorship towards TKO or not, where right now, so I just started this last week, it's called gift a spot for, Mm -hmm. for the Tennessee clinics, where if you're not in the area of the Tennessee clinics, um, or you can't attend them, whatever the reason is, you can purchase a slot for at a discount. It's like a $90 discount, which is almost 60% or 30%. Um, so for $200, you can purchase a spot and then we give it away to somebody who needs it. And that's that right there is community effort. Yeah. And like giving back to the community, but using yourself and your resources to provide an opportunity to provide value for the community. Yeah. So there's all sorts of different ways to be able to do this. I think people want sustainable motorsport specific products. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Now I just got to do some research on that. Responsible riders and drivers who don't litter stay on the trail and follow posted rules and guidelines. So here's the thing about this. Like when I first read this, I was like, wow, somebody's a little, a little bitter. Like I get it. I'm with you. I freaking yeah. hate when I go out there on the trail and there's beer cans everywhere. And I hate that GNCC has to put in rules that say no tear offs, no gel packs, no water bottles. Like there's so many things yeah. you can't do. Why can't I? Reach out to somebody and say, hey, this is a problem that we're experiencing. What's a good way that we could collaborate? Yeah. Come up with a solution for this, and then we can split the proceeds, just like what we just talked about with Messi. Mm-hmm. Start a collaboration project. What's a really good way to, like, have a trash can on the bars? Or maybe a reusable, a reusable like, gel dispenser for yourself instead of, like, tearing the top and putting it in your mouth and then just throwing it on the trail side. What if it's reusable? Yeah. What if it's biodegradable? What if, yep. like, there's so many different ways that you could take, I could go, yeah, shoot, I could go to Hammer Nutrition. I could say, hey, I used to work in packaging. I would love to make a biodegradable gel pack Yeah. for motorsport. Like, have we considered that? Why don't we do it? Is it pricing? Like, what? what's the deal? <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's, awesome. there's so many ideas. More media coverage. So you could go to media companies. Boots and clothing that fit athletic women. Here's another collaboration opportunity. Mm-hmm. 
general possibility and encouragement to new and women writers. This means women-specific gear that isn't of inferior quality to men's in more than black, white, and pink. Yes. <laughs> they want clinics in Nebraska. Here we go, Angel. Okay. Clinics in Nebraska. Less ruts and tracks. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Um, more riding places in Missouri. I feel that. They want more women, female coaches, racers, friends. Look, here's another one. Women that train and are visible to other riders. We need women role models. Less ruts and tracks. Like workout a lot of programs for dirt bike riders. Women's off-road gear. Like these are all really good things. So now I have a whole list. Yeah. A whole list of things and people to reach out to. And I go, who could I go to? Who could help me yeah. solve this for people? That's awesome. Oh. This is that value. This is that. And then it's that, like you said, the market share. It's this is so much stuff. My brain is kind of going to overload. <laughs> yeah. Here's a good one that I like. What brands do you think would make good sponsors for Catherine and the TKO challenge? This is literally you're just asking for a list. And this is a good one. Um, everyone's soap, defense antimicrobial soaps, um, the standard. But here's one that I really like, first aid products. First aid products. I like I would, that. A carrot or mushroom farm. Yeah, I would have never thought of first aid products. That'd be great, yeah. Here's a good one. Something hydration or energy related. Untapped maple. I've never heard of untapped maple before. Really but you not. know what? Now I can I can literally send them an email with a screenshot of this and I can say, hey, you came up in our sponsor survey. Yeah. Um, I think it would be really cool if we could just have a conversation. What do you yeah. think? Like. And then this is all of the demographics. I don't really care about the rest of this stuff. Um, Wait, can we go to the demographics? Just because I'm curious how many women versus men filled this out. Yeah, okay. What's our gender? 58.6% are yeah. women. That's, That's insane. Awesome. For a motorsports statistic, the standard female-based audience in motorsports is 19%. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's crazy. So this means that I have a huge leg up in women-owned businesses and women-focused yep. businesses. Yep. That's what that means. Where do they live? A majority of my audience lives in Minnesota. Um, a huge majority. Wow, 80% of my audience owns their own home. That's good to know. Why? That means I can go to homeowner's insurance. That means I can go to construction companies and plumbers and electricians and all of these people. And I can say, hey, do you want an audience that owns their own home? Because let me tell you, I got it. Holy shnikes, 48% of my audience has five or more kids under the age of 18 in their household. Jeez. No, is that, that's none. You're right, that is none. That's different. <laughs> I was like, Woo! what? I was like, that's not the right color, hold on. <laughs> They're both blue. Like, How does that many people have that many kids? That's exactly Ooh. what I was thinking. Okay, so this is good to know. So then... 37% of my audience has two or more kids. 
which means I can target a lot of family-centered businesses, a lot of kid-focused businesses. Um, how likely are you to do each of the following? 20% of my audience is likely to change banks. Interesting. 80% of my audience is likely to purchase sports equipment. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> I never um, would have guessed. 96% of my audience is going to buy motorsports gear in the next 12 months. That That's a really big number that I can take to any gear company and I can say, hey. Yeah. <clears throat> Same thing Car with motorcycle parts. parts. Look at that. Yeah. Um, cars. Here's a good one that people don't think about. What is that? 97% of my audience is going to purchase parts for their car. Um. No, very likely. Okay, 17% of my audience might purchase a motorcycle, a street motorcycle. And this is really good. Look at that. 80% um, of my audience is going to purchase a dirt bike in the next 12 months. They plan on purchasing a dirt bike. That's huge. That's a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. That's a lot of dirt bikes this year. <clears throat> Um, major consumer electronics. This is a good one. Um, what is that's just about 50% of my audience plans on purchasing a major consumer electronic, like a computer, a stereo, a gaming system, a TV. 96% of my audience is going to travel out of state this year. So what does that mean? That means rental car companies. That means hotels and restaurants and all that jazz. But the big one that a lot of people miss is rental cars. Car rentals. Rental cars. What, a, what kind of crack am I on? A lot of people plan on traveling out of the country this year. That's just about 50% plans on traveling out of the country. Here we go. Rent a vehicle. 50% uh, says they're going to rent a vehicle this year. 25% of my audience says they're going to apply for a mortgage this year. Last year, it was about 50% said they were going to apply for a mortgage. So I know that this year, a brokerage or a real estate company is not necessarily on my to-do list versus last yeah. year it was. Yeah. Um, switch internet providers, exactly 50%. Who's your current financial institution? U.S. Bank had the highest. So that's cool. Which of the following automobile brands do you currently own? Ford is the high. Oh, no, it's not. Toyota's the highest. Um, Verizon is the current phone provider. And Progressive is the majority of insurance. So that's pretty cool. But what I want to illustrate about why these surveys are important, kind of how we talked about how do we come up with audience avatars, um, mm -hmm. these surveys are completely anonymous, but Angel and I were looking through these results. This is kind of what she was talking about. Somebody filled out a survey response and everybody needs to hear these results because this is phenomenal. Um, I think it was 17 out of 29. Nope. 18. Nope. <laughs> <clears throat> You only have so many more to go. I know. No, it was gardening. They said they garden. 
Oh, I'm going to have to edit this. No. <laughs> nope, definitely not this person either. Um. Well, this is going to suck now. Okay. <laughs> nope, I'm going the wrong way. Was it this person? I think so. No, it wasn't. Or maybe it was. Nope. Because it was a male. And they read Racer X. I remember that. I don't know if I can hunt people down by their survey responses. Question, how well do you know Catherine? What motorsports magazine do you read? Hmm, hmm, hmm. Racer X, I wanna see who this is. Response nine, okay. Here we go. So. Let me just double, triple, quadruple check that this is the right one. Yes, it is. Okay, so here's the thing about audience avatars, right? I have an audience avatar. Angel is my audience avatar because she's the one that I think of every time that I want to help somebody. I think I want to have more <laughs> angels around in my life. Um, and a lot of people get scared because, you know, by doing that, they feel like they're excluding everybody else. That's really yeah. epic and awesome in their life. But I want you guys to listen to these survey results. And we're going to talk about it after I'm done reading this. Okay. So this person mm -hmm. said to their answers, how do you know Catherine? And they said, I haven't ridden with her yet, but I would like to ride with her at some point. And if a company sponsors Catherine for TKO, are they more likely to consider them? Yes. In the past six months, which of the following hobbies have you participated in? They've been hiking, yoga, gardening, travel, watching sports, watching motorsports, attending theater, which means plays, musicals, etc. They go to the movies, they bake, they exercise, and they meal prep. Mm -hmm. And then what magazines do they read? American Motorcyclists, local district newsletters, and they read Racer X, which means that they read uh, road racing magazines. What motorsports program do they watch? They watch Supercross and Motocross. What non-motorsports magazines do they read? They read Better Homes and Gardens, Cooks Illustrated, The Atlantic, mm -hmm. and This Old House. They watch football, tennis, and dirt bikes on TV. They find organic food is very important, as well as organic products. It's important to them that they train specifically for their motorsport. It's very important to them that they have skin and facial care. Uh, it's very important that they have hair care. They don't struggle with corrective lenses. They don't find that their hair gets snarly when they ride, and they don't break out when they go ride multiple days in a row, but they've needed physical therapy in the last 12 months, and they wish that the motorsports community had more community gatherings with women so that it's not mostly just made up of men, but they're a photographer, and they're also a male. Now, I don't know about you, but before I learned those last two things, Angel, we were mm -hmm. talking about this. I wanted to meet this person. Like, I genuinely want to hang out with this person. I want to see what these people are yeah. like. And then I learned that it was a, a male photographer. And I just, Angel was on the phone with me where I was like, I sat here for an hour trying to think of who I know 
and like whether it's <laughs> online or in person like who is this person you know like i need to know who they are because i need to know them like i just reading through these i was like who is this <laughs> <laughs> yeah they sound really fun to hang out with like we were we were talking about phantom of the opera too and then this came up and it was just funny <laughs> we're like yeah oh my god but so so what this allows you to do now is now you can make up a story that fits all of these answers that this person had that this person fits right as i'm reading through this the second i learned that it was a dude like the reason why i got so excited about this was what i imagined was this guy and he's got the the barber mustache he's got the curly oh q mustache <laughs> with a little top hat and he's like really fashionably dressed right he's got the really cool patterned vest with his white button up shirt and he's got like a fun blazer that he always puts over it like that's the kind of person that i imagine and now i can write a story about this person they're in their fucking kitchen covered in flour with their fat punk studios like apron on <laughs> yeah like so you can just sit here and you can write a whole story about this person. And now you have this person that represents a segment of your audience that still yeah. matches the segment of your audience that Angel fits. Like yeah. Angel and this person that I imagine that this person is based off of their results would get along really well. And I think I would get along with this person really well. Like this is another type of person that I would want to be around. Exactly. You were going to say something, Angel. He needs a name now. You need to give him a name. Hmm. It needs to be a cool name, too. Francisco. <laughs> I'll allow it. <laughs> Francisco. That's a fun name to say. Francisco. It's from like Elf. It. With Will Ferrell. Elf. Why don't I remember that part? Oh my gosh. He just meets I, somebody in the office and they introduce themselves as Francisco and he just sits there in the office going, Francisco, <laughs> Francisco. That's a fun name to say. <laughs> I don't remember that part. I didn't watch Elf this year. I was bad. I was really oh, bad. Come on. I was um, busy introducing somebody to Star Wars, so. That's fair, I guess went to the wayside but i did also make her watch home alone which she's never seen and what? die hard so she got to watch the real christmas movies so. mm. Mm. okay um <laughs> die That's hard fair. is a christmas movie it's 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 a thing <laughs> anyways um then let's go. now i want to watch elf <laughs> Such a great movie. I don't care what anybody says. That's an awesome movie. Um, but like this goes back to Angel and I were having a conversation. We were trying to figure out how we're going to travel across the country with two cars, but three people. Um, mm -hmm. And Angel and I were talking about how sometimes Nick is just going to have to drive the truck by himself because Angel and I will be in her car singing along to Disney show tunes and like karaokeing, which is just karaoke. car karaoke. Um <laughs> So I'm like so genuine excited. theater musical productions, you know, and mm -hmm. this this person still fits that like they're the funky yeah. ADHD 
like wacky, hilarious personality that you just want to be around. But they're a whole different yeah. person with whole different interests than Angel and I, which is really cool. So you get to but, create this like map of a person and present it to sponsors. It's just like you were saying, though, that like you create this audience avatar and like it's this one person, but it like essentially you're attracting people who are the same like obviously different, but still like in the same realm. So this is just like a perfect example of that. Yeah, and it's really polarizing. Like you need yeah. to be polarizing. When you when you develop your audience avatar, you actually need to kind of make a stand about the type of person you wanna be around. You need to stop thinking so much about everyone. Like I need to please everyone. I need to make everyone happy. Like I need to be epic. It's like, no. The second you start polarizing yourself, that's when you start finding people that you actually want to be around. Because then you don't hear about the stuff you don't want to hear about anymore, first of all. Yeah. And, and second of all, it allows you to work with people who, who understand you for you. And you get to stop pretending about who you are. No more, no more dressing up, like feeling weird and awkward having to put on dress pants when you exist in. Right now I'm wearing Columbia pants at work yeah. and I love it. And like, if I walked into my interview dressed to the nines, then the next day at the job, if I got the job at the interview, they would expect me to be dressed to the nines. And it's like, yeah. I don't I don't like being dressed to the nines. I like having one day out of the year that's like an award ceremony or a banquet or a play something where I get to be a princess and that's all I want. I only want one day, one day to be a princess a year and that's it. Otherwise, I want to wear my tennis shoes. I want to wear Columbia pants and I want to wear a sweatshirt when I record my podcasts. Yeah. Like if I can't do that, then I'm going to be unhappy and I'm not going to like working with the people I'm working with. And that goes to the type of life that you want to build. If you're going to have sponsors backing your business dreams, it needs to be your business dream that sponsors support. It cannot be their dream that they're using you for. Yeah. Because you're just never, it's the same thing in that point as going to work for that corporate job. Yeah, it, it still be in the realm of dirt biking, but then it's it's still going to be you not being happy because you're not fulfilling yourself. You're fulfilling somebody else. And that's not what we want to do. Mm -hmm. And I think don't do it. Yeah. And once you stop <laughs> pretending and start being yourself, then you find yeah. sponsors that just love you. You're going to find sponsors that absolutely hate you. You mm -hmm. will. <laughs> and you need to actually embrace I love it when people get mad at like I actually I had a sponsor that was obsessed with me obsessed like it was insane they loved me so much they gave me anything I wanted it was amazing until they hired an employee a, a singular yeah. employee um and she was very catty she was she was a very catty girl and her and I just didn't get along because I didn't I don't respect that and it was fine because I never actually worked with her and there was one day one singular day that she was yeah. working that I was in to pick up something and she worked in snowmobiles and I was trying to trying to get to somebody for dirt bikes and the place was yeah. really busy so I thought to myself I'll just stand out of line 
and I will yeah. wait until the line goes down and then I'll just talk to whoever. Like I, I, there was a certain rep that I talked to every single time I go in and I was like, this is the person that I want to talk to. And yeah. she got very offended that I didn't want to talk to her because she was the first person that came up and I did talk to her. You know, I, yeah. I really tried and she gave me my order, but my order was wrong. Like I was missing stuff. And right away when I was like, I would really love it if we could go through the order. Cause it was like, $3,000 worth of stuff that I ordered and I was missing at least half of it. Yep. So I was like, I get that you're busy right now. Um, yeah. but I'm definitely missing the cowls and my rear fender. And I would love to just get a hardware kit. And she's like, it's all in the box. I'm like, no, it's not though. And like, I sat there and I pulled everything out of the box because yeah. I had already done it. And that was like me making a scene, I guess, was me pulling everything out of the box to like go through the checklist. And then yeah. I felt, I actually felt bad. I felt bad that I had to go through the checklist with her. And the the rep that I usually talk to came over and was like, oh, you're missing this. And you don't have your hardware kit. Who put your order together? Like, psh, you know, <laughs> and she was standing right, and I was like, Oh, like I, it was so cringy when it happened. The whole situation was like, Ooh, this was weird. Um, and I had a, a contract. So Angel knows this. You guys probably don't know this. This was the first year that I established the clinics and I was bringing Graham Jarvis to Minnesota and the contract that I had just present, like I presented my contract to the sponsor that loved me. And I said, Hey, it's going to take five grand to make this happen. And they were like, done sold. You know, Graham Jarvis was going to come to the dealer. He was going to do Graham Jarvis stuff. He was going to do signage and, and autographs and all of this stuff for this dealer, mm -hmm. because I brought him to them. And they were yeah. so over the moon and they already loved the community involvement that I was doing for them. And this one incident where my rear fender was missing and she kept trying to sell me individual bolts instead of a generic bolt kit. Um, she told them that she didn't like me and they terminated the contract with Graham Jarvis. That's crazy to me. Because I, of I that remember, association. Yeah, I remember when this happened because you told me and like I was not part of the clinics at all at the time I was I was actually going to be taking that clinic and I was just like what like who does that and it, it was and it wasn't just the Graham Jarvis clinic either I was supposed to be hosting there was a there was an event that they were hosting that I was supposed to be a public speaker for there was um they were actually paying me to to almost be their like national influencer to start signing other dealers to them like there were multiple dealer contracts that were happening I was negotiating them with Sherco there was so much happening behind the scenes that relied on me being there and this lady didn't like me and they terminated it all and why did they terminate it all it was because we didn't actually get along they just liked yeah. the benefits that I had yeah and and the moral of this story is 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 if they actually liked who I was mm -hmm. as a person, that would have never been an issue. Mm -hmm. And if they actually stood by the type of of um, people that represent their company, that should have been a conversation and not a firing. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Um, so it's it's just a matter of like it's really important that you are yourself with sponsors
because if you're not, then tiny squabbles can blow up into such, such massive problems. Just yeah. tiny little squabbles. Yeah. Um, because they don't actually know who you, like, if you show them who you are, then they can understand if there's brashness. Because I'm very upfront. Like, people know yeah. that I'm just upfront. People like that yeah. I'm upfront. If they don't like that I'm upfront, things like that happen. Yeah. And it would be unfair to me to work with a sponsor where there's there's somebody there that I like actively try and avoid. That's not cool. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't want to work with it was it was literally it was a matter of like I was almost happy that they fired me because I didn't want to work with her. I sure yeah. did. if if that's what it came down to, there's like no way do I want to work with that. Uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it really is just a matter of like be yourself. Don't pretend to be somebody else. Don't try and dress up for a sponsor. Don't try and put on a suit and tie because it looks successful. Yeah. Provide your value and they'll determine if it's valuable for them. Make it valuable yeah. for them. Find out yeah. what's valuable to them. Yeah. And we do that through asking questions. Um, and all of those questions that I ask sponsors are in that $7 course that I have. That's my shameless plug. <laughs> shameless plug um and that'll be linked in the description of every episode just like it has been for now and eternity until it changes i guess um until i write my book which i am writing a book now so that'll be cool <laughs> 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 to provide more value <laughs> that's awesome i i drove by that place yesterday and i thought about this whole scenario so it's really funny that you brought that up today because I was literally just thinking about that like 12 hours ago <laughs> well and a lot of people a lot of people look at that and they get discouraged right they're like ah oh, this whole thing happened like it's the end of days I remember I was like shook a little bit yeah. I was I was a little scared when that happened because that was the major source of income for me. That was how I was going to jumpstart the clinics. Like that was, yeah. it was all writing on that one contract. And it really taught me don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that's what I mean when I say you cannot rely on sponsors for a sustainable, livable income. You use yeah. them to start your business. You make your own money and then sponsors pay you to make your own money. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like that's that's the really cool system that happens yeah. and what that opportunity taught me was it actually expanded because now I didn't have to only negotiate Sherco with them I got to negotiate everywhere I got to sign brand deals with beta like I got yeah. to um now I have a huge thing happening with Larson like it's not just me though like now I get to call Larson's every single week and I just yeah. Yesterday, I called Larson's and I said, hey, Graham Jarvis upped his prices. If we're going to run the race, he went from 1500 to five grand just for the race. And we still need to build him a bike. And Mike yeah. just went, hmm, hmm, well, I, I can get I can get a bike and I can build the bike um, for you. And, and we can we can get that figured out. I got that covered. I know that I yeah. can pitch a little bit towards that five grand. Let me call the club the norseman club let me call the forest riders let me call this other person and mm -hmm. i'm gonna talk to them and we're gonna make it happen because it needs to happen for the club like that's it i just got to wash my hands of the whole problem i mean i still yeah. gotta moderate it and i still have to like actually 
plan out Graham's whole time here and get everybody signed up. And it's still my business liability and risk and all of that stuff. Yeah. But now I've built such a strong relationship with everyone in the state that I just yeah. get to call one person and that person calls everybody else and they all know and they all make it happen. Yeah. And it doesn't just happen overnight. Like it happens because other things don't work out. If I if I had just panicked and shut down and been like that was my one and only chance because it was a dealer and I and I had all of this huge stuff then it would have never happened but now I get to work with Larson's Larson's doesn't stock beta Larson's doesn't work on betas Larson's refuses to work on my bike but they still have my back 24/7 Yep It's ridiculous That's insane yeah. I can't I can't express enough gratitude to the fact that they get zero business from me even though mm -hmm. i generate business for them um yeah and they still are like we'll get this ticket like we'll make it happen it will happen that's yeah. all i got to do is i just got to call them and i got to be like guys i don't i don't know what i'm going to do for this i called them and i started off with i just need your ideas on this i'm mm -hmm. not asking you for 5 grand i just want your thoughts if this is worth it you know it's it's almost like having a mentor which is really yeah. cool i just get to yeah. call them and i can be like I don't know what to do right now. And he's like, I'll figure it out. It's like, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah. That's and it, cool. Yeah. And it all just comes from being yourself. Yeah. You just got to be yourself. That other company, like you would have been so stuck in not being able to be you. And it maybe you would have had the money there, but I, th I don't think you would have been as successful for a lot of reasons, but I and just definitely think being yourself has been great for you. You know, I think that's part of that value. Like you're talking about figuring out your value. You have to have value in yourself and not just show mm -hmm. other people like, mm -hmm. Hey, I can do this for you, but you have to know what you're worth too. So like Absolutely. for you, not just like, what am I worth? So I can get this money. But like, I think that that's something that's really important for like this whole thing. Like, I think that as people are able to, and, and I'm kind of doing the same thing, um, as I'm learning and kind of moving towards, you know, the life that I want, um, then I gain more confidence because I know my value. And I, it's, it's like, it's cemented in me now and it's giving me that confidence. And it's, it's you know, I'm gonna be doing what I love and that's awesome. And that gives me more confidence. And it's just like this confidence building snowball that's happening. It's yes. just super awesome. And I love it. <laughs> well, and the other thing is, is with, with the original sponsor, whom will not be named for the sake of like saving face, not for yeah. me, but for them, because I don't wish ill will on anybody. I totally understand yeah. business decisions and all that jazz. But um, I would have been stuck with them and only them that's the that's the other thing is i always tell people never ever sign an exclusivity contract never because yeah. if somebody actually cares about your success they will never limit you mm -hmm. i can't work with larson's because i don't have a bike that they carry but they love mm -hmm. me so much they don't care i work with beta or west uh dirt bike riders west in phoenix yeah. I work really closely with them. I work with Up North Power and Sports in Minnesota. I work really closely with them. I work yeah. with, there's, um, 
a Yamaha dealer in Arkansas, Kingston, Arkansas, whom I work really closely with. There's mm -hmm. like, now I have a whole network of different dealers and not a single one of them cares that I work with other dealers. And that's yeah. really important. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Really important to understand. You should never feel like you're locked into something. Never. Yeah. And that that's part of that whole like providing enough value so that your income potential is limitless. Yeah. Because if I just. Well, yeah. Go and ahead. I think so. This is just my personal thing, because like you're able to work with all these different people and you don't work directly with Larson because he doesn't work on your bike. But I had a problem with my bike and you were like, call Mike immediately. Like there was no hesitation because you know he's going to be able to take care of my bike. Mm -hmm. It's not yours, but you're able to provide me with someone to go to that you trust, who then of course I trust. And, you know, it's, it's not directly helping you at all, but you know, it's still, you're able to, like you were talking about lessening someone's pain, you lessened my pain so I can get Gary fixed, you know? Yeah. Like, and I think that that's, that's really awesome too. Well, and it's, it's a matter of care. Like, yeah, that's the, so this is not meant to be a promotional episode or anything. This is just to illustrate what goes on behind the scenes with these things. You, you, when you provide value, this is this is exactly a value conversation. I had a KTM. I used to have a four-stroke KTM. Um, most of the people that know me now don't know that I used to ride a full-sized four-stroke and hard enduro. Um, and for obvious reasons, meaning <laughs> I rode a four-stroke in hard enduro, uh, I had a lot of problems with my bike, like mm -hmm. a lot of problems. And it got to a point where I was on, I had just rebuilt the top end because the it was just ridiculous. It kept dying. Where was I? I was, I think it was Arkansas. My bike died. Mm -hmm. And then um, my bike died and it just wouldn't turn back on. So I had to ride somebody. Oh, no, it was Alabama. I was in Alabama and the four-stroke mm -hmm. died. And I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. And I had to ride somebody else's bike for the whole weekend. And then I came home and I tore the whole bike apart. Um, yeah. and I couldn't find anything wrong with it. So I slapped it back together and it turned back on, which was awesome. And then I went down to Arkansas and the bike died and it didn't turn yeah. back on. And I had to ride somebody else's bike for the whole weekend. And I got back home and I tore it apart and I redid the top end, the entire top end of the bike. Um, yeah. and I slapped it back together and it turned back on. Uh, and then I went down to South Carolina and I had a national enduro and I didn't finish the first section. The bike died and I ended up having to push it out. Um, and so then frustrated and mad that I had traveled across the country three times and my bike wasn't working, I took it to Larson's. And yeah. it was such a cool experience when I walked into Larson's because all, like I walked in, I didn't even, I hadn't talked to anybody yet. I was just trying to figure out where the service desk was. And I heard from across the room, holy shit, is that Captain Hurley? You know, I like walked in and everybody knew who I was already. And yeah. this guy comes running up and he's like, I'm so excited that you're here. And I'm like, hi, like, who are you? And then like all of the mechanic people came running out and they were like, oh my gosh, you're here. And I'm like, what is happening right now? You know, it was, it was such a weird experience that everybody knew who I was there. So that was cool. Like that made me feel flattered. I was like, wow, 
this is really cool. And they're like, so what are you doing here? And I'm like, I can't believe you know who I am, but you don't know what's going on with my bike. But one of them did. One of them was like, I've been following that whole thing. Did you figure it out? And I'm like, no, that's why I'm here. And they're like, ah, oh, cool. You know, and they like sat there and they dissected the whole thing, just like word probleming it. They didn't even pull my bike out of the truck yet. And they had like a full ring around the Rosie. They were talking about what was wrong with the bike and like pitching ideas back and forth about what it could be. And it was the first time I really felt like everybody in the service shop understood not only what they were working on, but more than what they were working on. And I actually felt at ease about the people that were working on my bike. Like I've, before I've gone to dealers where I have to call the mechanic and they're like, yeah, this thing happened. And, and, and in my brain, I'm like, well, why don't why don't we just diagnose it? Like I've actually had to tell a dealer, they're like, yeah, there's an engine code on your screen. It's really weird. And I'm like, can you read it? Because yeah. I don't have an engine code reader. And they're like, oh, we don't have the software for that. And I'm like, that's, you're a dealer. What do you mean you don't have the software for that? And they're like, oh, we got to download it. I'm like, okay, can you download it so that you can yeah. read the, the mapping on my butt? Like Larson's was so proactive. It was insane. Yeah. And, um, and that provided a sense of security. And they told me that, everything you know they called me and my bike was running in the background i was like oh my gosh is that in they're like yep your bike is running you're all set to go we got it taken care of and i was like yes so i got my bike and we drove down to oklahoma uh yep. and my bike died in oklahoma <laughs> it didn't make it um uh... and i called them really sad and upset uh and they were like oh my gosh we're so sorry bring it back and then, yeah. uh, like, right there when I brought it back, they pulled the whole thing apart. Like, they set aside everything they were working on to come work on my bike. They hashed it all out. Uh, and it turned out I tore the spark plug boot. It was as simple as that. The boot that <laughs> covers my spark plug was torn. That was yeah. it. That was all of my problems. They found a bunch of other stuff that was yeah. also wrong with it. But that was the main thing. And then Larson's was kind enough to also buy my bike from me. Thank goodness. Um so I could go forth and get other stuff. But they have always, always been there. And they have this incredible team. Like, they take really good care of the people that work for them. They care about the people they hire. They care about the people that they work on. Everybody that works on bikes is is proficient in their bikes. It's not just yeah. the certification process, right? Everybody's all like, oh, I'm KTM certified. Like, nobody cares. <laughs> I remember <laughs> when I was in Arkansas and Kate, like the guy that I know, his name is Guy, in Arkansas, he plugged my KTM in. And KTM has this cool thing where when your bikes are plugged in, like they get access to the data every time your bike gets plugged in at a dealer. And KTM yeah. called him. KTM straight up, they picked up the phone, they called him, and they're like, what is happening on that bike that you have on your stand right now? And he's like, I don't know. You know, and KTM couldn't figure it out. Yeah. KTM had no idea what was wrong with my bike. Um, but Larson's figured it out, you know, and that's that's that value. There was yeah. so much value. Even though they didn't fix it the first time, they didn't get it right. I wasn't mad. Yeah, I was I was a little sad <laughs> that I had yet again traveled across the country. My bike wasn't working, but yeah. to each their own, you know, probably it's weird juju that bikes have. Um, but it just leads to that to that connection and that ability to, like, build something with somebody. And now yeah. you have this relationship. And now I have that story. I have that ability to tell other people that this is what happened with Larson's. And I get yeah. nothing out of it. And people are like, I want to I want to go to Larson's. I'm like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're <laughs> awesome. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's so cool. I, I'm really excited to call him. <laughs> Talk to him and be like, hey, I've heard so much about you. <laughs> yeah, there's just there's just so much that goes into that. And it's really cool because people value the same thing differently. That's the other thing that you need to keep in mind. Like when I call Larson's, here's the problem with Minnesota when it comes to hard enduro, is that Minnesota thinks that 200 feet of elevation change is hard enduro. That's like mm -hmm. steep. You put <laughs> small river rock in a trail and everybody's breaking their legs like yeah. it's ridiculous um and i used to think that too until i started traveling you know like and then you actually see hard enduro and you're like whoa <laughs> yeah. i want to go home <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> i'll stop complaining about the rocks and that's yeah. that's really good perspective of like you're valuing the rocks differently depending on where you are. All of a sudden my value changed. And so yeah. so what that means is like when I try and bring Graham Jarvis to Minnesota, Minnesota does not value Graham Jarvis the same as North Carolina. Yeah. North Carolina is like drooling at the opportunity to bring Graham Jarvis there. And in Minnesota, I have to fight to get Graham Jarvis there. Yeah. So you have to understand that what you have, who you are, just because somebody doesn't like what you have or says you're not worth it, does not mean you are not worth what you are worth. It mm -hmm. just means you're talking to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. And I can't say that enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it drives me crazy. It, it, it's the same for like in employment. It's the same for relationships. It's the same for friends. It doesn't matter if what you're doing like yep. has a negative impact on the people around you. Like you feel dragged down. You feel like you got to hide. You are yeah. not with the right people. You're not valuing the same things. And it's so hard to make positive progression if the people around you don't value you. Yeah. A hundred and... 50% at least <laughs> agree. <laughs> okay, I'll step off my soap opera now. <laughs> now that now that we've been at this for 3 hours. <laughs> this is it's definitely going to be a second episode. <laughs> <laughs> it's good though. I think it's it's really really important for that. Um I think you illustrated it really well and I like you know you you just brought it all back. Like I said, for somebody who doesn't like know this world to, to be able to have that. And I was about to say the same thing about relating it to like relationships and stuff. Like it's the same thing. So it was really funny that you said that. I could see the wheels turning in your head. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, because we just had a similar conversation about that. So <laughs> also true. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's that. Um, your values in your audience. And I go super far in depth in audience in different podcast episodes. If you need it all mapped out for you, that's what that $7 course does in the description. Because um, I have to do my shameless plugs. Sorry, everyone. That's what you're here for. Uh <laughs> um, just helps you learn more. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I don't mean to keep yawning. I just... I 
drove too much yesterday so no i'm not i'm not mad i'm tired too um <laughs> yeah that's that's pretty much all i i'm that's all i'm gonna say it's not all i've got that's all i'm all gonna say moment oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah um i've got a really cool special going on i guess this is probably a good time to Time to say this because we're on the shameless plug. If you end this episode now, I won't be mad. But um, when you get that $7 course, here's here's the deal that actually happens. So when you buy the $7 course, you have the opportunity to get workbooks that go along with the course that so you can you can step by step do everything for yourself. That's all of the homework that I've ever done for myself. You also get scripts for like what I say when I reach out to people to get meetings booked. Um yeah. And that's what that $7 course does is it gets you the meetings booked because I yeah. want you to, to be like, yes, we did it. Like we yeah. did it. But if you're like me, um, you need to know everything there is to know before you start doing something. Like I like to read the whole instruction manual before I start, before I even unpack anything. I read the instruction manual and go, okay, here's my map. Here's like, Here's what they say to do. Here's what I'm actually going to do. And then uh, and then I go back to step one and then I'll I'll like work through the the thing as I put it all together. If you're like that, when you buy the seven dollar course, the the upsell on the first page is the workbook. I'm being totally transparent about this. The upsell on that first page is the workbook. Then the next upsell that happens is my entire course structure. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's two ninety seven. And that gives you everything there is to know about audience. It's like the step-by-step -step playbook of how to build your audience avatars, how to write these surveys, how to post these surveys so that you get survey responses if you're one of those people that only has 100 followers. Like it's yeah. it's got everything from survey results or how to interpret your survey data, how to come up with activation ideas, how to speak the secret language of sponsors, how to talk to sponsors, how like what to bring to sponsorship meetings, the kinds of questions that you ask sponsors. It's got like how you build a business for yourself. It's got the whole map of like how to tell your own story, how to brand yourself, how to yeah. like everything I've ever done for just $2.97. And that comes with all of the homework, all of the scripts, all of the fill out stuff. And then the very last thing that I do, because I'm not doing my group coaching program right now, I'll probably start that in April, is that I'm offering one-on-one -on -one sessions um, coaching sessions for $99 and you don't have to buy the $300 class to get the $99 coaching session. And that's for one hour with a 30 minute follow-up. Um, but none of that happens if you don't get that $7 class, because I need you to at least know something before you book a meeting with me. <laughs> yeah. You cannot book a meeting if you have not taken the $7 course. That is yeah. a, a requirement for me. Um, and that's just because I don't want people who don't who who want to talk about race or resumes coming into a meeting like that's just wasting everyone's time. There's so much more that we could talk about if you just have the basics of sponsorship yeah. down. So that's yeah. that's why it's structured like that. If you have gone through that and you wonder why, what what is this? It's just a sales routine. It's like, no, these are all of the things I could possibly imagine that I think that you might find helpful or important. Like I've, I've thought of everything in your journey that you haven't thought of because I've done it yeah. and I've had questions come up and be like, well, what am I supposed to do now? Like, that's yeah. what I'm really trying to provide you guys, but I make you pay for it. Cause I want you to take it seriously. That's why it's so yeah. cheap. You know, like you go to, 
Action Sports Club or you go to um, Meg Myers or you go to Chris Bayless, and they're all in the thousands, like 1500 minimum all the way up to 10000 is what Chris Bayless charges. And I don't make money off of this. I just had a conversation with Angel earlier. I'm actually in the negative on my sponsorship business, and I don't care. Like, I don't care um, because I just want you to invest in yourself and take it seriously. And I make my money off of the clinics. That's how we live. That's how I pay Angel is through the clinics. It's how I pay Nick through the clinics. It's how we pay for our travel. All of that comes out of the clinics. The sponsorship stuff is just, it's there for the community. And I want everybody to take it seriously and invest in themselves. Because if I give it to you for free, you're not going to watch it. Yeah. That's that's just how it goes. <laughs> I've, I've learned the hard way. It, it sucks. Like, I feel weird asking people for money. But, like, if you don't pay for it, you won't take it seriously. And that's just yep. the truth of the matter. Yeah. That's that's my spiel. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, I guess I'll I'll end it on that. Um. <laughs> it is your turn. Oh no! Is it really? I'm no. Sure. I forgot that about the dad hurt. jokes. I wasn't prepared. Oh, oh no! Yeah, Google one again. Oh, cheater. I'm just trying to think of like what would be a really good. Oh, should I am 25, aren't I? On my Instagram post, I put I was 26. No, <laughs> I was wrong. I don't know how old I am. I don't know how old I am. Shit. Um. Um. I'm trying to think of a really good one for dogs, and I just can't come up with one. I literally just read one. Are you serious? I'm not going to yeah. say something dumb like, what's a dog's favorite TV show? Paw Patrol. No. <laughs> um, I'll, give you, I'll give you the assist on this one. It's, it's not an answering one, though. It's just words, and you're going to roll your eyes. So get ready to just leave this meeting. <laughs> So, are you ready? I'm ready, but I found one, and you're going to hate me for it. Okay, you do yours first. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everyone and their mom and and everything. <clears throat> you ready, Angel? Yep. How are a dog and a marine biologist alike? I don't know. One wags a tail and another tags a whale. Oh my god. It doesn't even make sense. Okay. <laughs> it's because well, the W and the T got Yeah. <laughs> yep. I get it. I get it. <laughs> I was, you know, as I was looking at it, I was like trying to draw the line. I'm like, maybe one tags a tail or you know like a whale tail i just oh so bad i can't believe the internet even approved that one <laughs> i'm not saying mine anymore because yours was bad enough <laughs> <laughs> mine no nice. that's not fair we all have to cringe together so it's just my dog's a genius. Um, I asked him what's two minus two, and he said nothing. 
<laughs> oh no. Yeah. You're welcome, world. That one's way better than mine. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, until next time. Sorry this one was so ungorishly long. That's not even a word, but I said it anyway. The dog joke broke your brain. <laughs> it sure did. Um, okay. Bye, everyone. See you next time. Whenever the next time is. I don't know when I'm releasing this one, but until next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Cue outro music. <laughs>